Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 1993's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 113 of I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Mikel Ford. Today, we're going to be talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 from 1993. This is uh, in correlation or in honor of the release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. There's a new video game out there right now uh, called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I haven't played it yet, but I've seen people play it. It looks pretty fucking awesome. But uh, So I was just like, hey, why not do the uh, final installment of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 today, so got that so we got that coming up but before we do that let us do things i watched this week i really gotta come up with a theme song for that by this time i think i, I think i need i think i'm in uh need of a theme song i might hit somebody up for a theme song to uh to uh, do a theme song for things i watched this week but we can talk about that later uh let's talk about miss marvel Talk about Miss Marvel. I watched episode two. Uh, episode two was a little bit better. A little bit better than episode one. Not by much. Like the show so far. I don't know where episode three. By like the end of the episode three. I don't know if it's going to start picking up. I mean by the end of episode two. I'm sorry. <laughs> by the end of episode two. I don't know what's going to pick up. Because we got something that might change. Uh. The, the, the course of what happens in the rest of this show that might be re- it might be really good but um episode two is still pretty slow you know we're still dealing with Kamala uh Kamala's high school stuff and dealing with Kamala's parents and dealing with their family and all this stuff like I said like I said when I was talking about the first episode I love how they I love how they don't water down the Muslim culture. I love how they don't water it down. I love that they talk about it for what it is. It helps that they have actual Muslims, you know, like working on the show, you know, writing the show, executive producing the show, directing the show. You know, that that actually helps so you can actually see the real Muslim culture. You know, cause I'm like, yeah, I was like, I'm, I, cause like, uh, there's a, there's a scene where like Kamala and her friend are in the, uh, are in, uh, are in the mosque and that's exactly how it is. I was actually, this is, this is a funny thing you probably didn't know about me. I was actually involved in the Muslim culture for about, uh, two and a half years because my, because my mother, uh, after she, uh, got divorced from my father, she ended up marrying a uh muslim guy uh, you know a muslim man and we used to go to we used to go to the mosque like every friday 
and you had to do the, you had to, you had to go do the thing, wash your, they showed like, you had to wash your hands, you gotta wash your feet, you gotta wash your face, and then you go sit on the, um, you go sit on the mat, and then you gotta do the, you gotta do the head, put your head on the, on, on the mat, and all this stuff, and, and yeah, that's, it's pretty much how it is, the, the one we went to, cause like, the one they got, it's like, the women are in the back, I, I, if I could remember the one we went to, like the women were in like a separate room all together, uh, you know, separate room all they were in a separate room all together. But um, yeah, it was like it's pretty much it's pretty much what it is. What you saw with the mosque is in a in a Miss Marvel is pretty much that's pretty much what it is. I love that they didn't water that down. I love that they showed the ins and outs of Muslim culture. I gotta commend them on that. I gotta commend Kevin Feige and Disney for letting them do that. You know, <laughs> I gotta commend them for, do- for letting for letting them do that. But, you know, I wanna see more superhero shit. <laughs> you know <laughs> I love it. I love that they, 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 they're diving deep into the Muslim culture. That's cool and all. But, but, I want to see more superhero stuff. All right, the last the last half of the movie, we finally got to see Kamala do some superhero stuff. Uh, she went to go like there was this little boy, little, little boy messing around, and he almost fell to his death. I think he was trying to shoot like a TikTok or something, a TikTok video or something like that, and he ended up falling out the window, and he was hanging on to the side of the window. And I think he was hanging on to like a curtain, and the curtain was ripping, and everybody saw him. And then like Kamali went and go, she went and put on her her, her makeshift uh costume, and like they're calling her Nightlight. <laughs> they're calling her. <laughs> That's the name they gave her, because like there's like this guy, this other, this this guy. Um, he's actually a um, I think he he does hilal, uh, which is like the little like falafel uh stuff. Like he like he has like a truck, and like everybody's outside, and he's like that, and like the he the guy's like he's like look, it's nightlight. He said, <laughs> they're calling her nightlight. That's the that's the that's the superhero name they gave her before before Miss Marvel. They're calling her nightlight. It's like when they called um uh was a uh, Spider Man No Way Home, but not Spider Man No Way Home um. The one before No Way Home. I forgot. Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home. When they say, look, it's it's, it's Night Monkey. Because <laughs> he had like the black, when he had the black costume on. <laughs> and they were calling him Night Monkey. <laughs> and what it, that's what they reminded me of. They were like, look. Because they were like, look, it's Night Monkey. And, was like, <laughs> and so like, it was like, yeah, it's Nightlight. Go, go say that kid, Nightlight. But uh, anyway. But yeah, that's like the last part. You had the, uh, you still had the, um, the FBI agents from, uh, are they FBI agents? I don't even know if they're FBI agents, but the, 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 the guys from, uh, Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home, uh, that brought Peter in, like, the first time, you know, those guys, uh, you still got those guys, they're, like, catching on, to, uh, Kamala, and the, at the end of the, I think at the end of the episode they tried to uh, they tried to corner her they tried to they sent like some drones after her and like she took the drones out and uh she took the drones out and like the 
I think she's pretty much on the run now, which I love. I love because we finally get away. Because like it's like we could finally get away from the family stuff. The family stuff was cool the first episode, you know. But second episode, I'm trying. I'm like, I'm trying to get into. I'm trying to get into some superhero stuff. Okay, I'm like, I want to see her do some superhero things. Let's, like we 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 done with the family dynamic stuff, you know. Let's let's focus on her being a superhero. I'm like we're even done with the Muslim culture stuff. I was like, it's cool. I love it. Yeah, Muslim culture, you know. But I want to move on to her just being a goddamn superhero, you know. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes sometimes uh, Marvel can be overly righteous. At least the MCU, the MCU can be overly righteous. And I'm not one of those go woke, go broke motherfuckers. I'm not one of those guys. Def- definitely not one of those guys. Even as a, that would be stupid of me to do that as a black person, you know? So, <laughs> oh, go woke, go broke. You know, like I'm not, I'm not that dude. I am not that dude. And I praise Marvel. I praise the MCU for being so multicultural. You know, I praise them as black people. There's this 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 Middle Eastern people, there's Asian people, there's Hispanic people, women, gay women, gay men. You know, everybody is in the Marvel universe. Deaf people, because you got Echo. You know, like Echo is here. You know, she's a deaf like the, the chick that plays her is a deaf amputee. So that's pretty fucking cool. You know. But there's sometimes they could be a little heavy-handed with the shit, you know. There's a little, t- there's a couple of, t- there's sometimes where they could be a little heavy-handed, especially when they're focusing on characters that are not white, you know. <laughs> when the characters, it's like when the characters are white, they can just go and do superhero shit. But like when the characters are a different race or of a different culture or of a different gender. Or of a a, a a different different sexual orientation, uh, they gotta focus on that a lot. He's like, see, they're gay. There's a gay superhero. You see this gay superhero? Look at this Asian superhero. We gonna tell you how much how Asian he is. You know, like you're like, uh, look at this woman superhero. We gonna tell you how hard it is about being a woman. Woman suffrage. You know, or uh. This black superhero. We gonna tell you. We gonna tell you how hard it is for this superhero to be black, and how nobody. Cause I was, even though I love, I love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They kind of hammered. They kind of hammered that shit in. That they was like, hey man, you can't be Captain. They they hammered that shit into Sam. Sam Wilson, uh, the Falcon. They hammered that shit into him. They was like, hey, you can't be Captain America cause you black. They ain't never gonna let a black man be Captain America. And you know, like, <laughs> like they hammered that shit in to the T but um and like it's like they always do that they always do that with uh superheroes of color or superheroes of of like women superheroes and uh superheroes that have like a uh, have like a disability or the different sexual orientation they always do that like when it's just a straight white man Superhero, like when it's like uh, Captain America or Thor or Iron Man or fucking even Ant Man or some shit like that. When it's like any of those guys, like uh, even Guardians of the Galaxy with like Star Lord, you know, 
None of those guys have to deal with that shit. None of those guys have to deal with being another, being an other. None of those guys have to deal, like, they, they don't hammer in, like, hey, look how white this guy is, you know? Like, <laughs> they don't do that shit with them. They're like, hey, they're not like, hey, look how white this guy is. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange just gets to do magic shit. He has, he doesn't have to deal with the fact that he's a straight white man. You know, like, they don't, they don't, they don't hammer in the fact that he's a straight white man. You know, like, they're just like, hey, it's Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is on a goddamn adventure. You know, they don't do that shit with him. But with every other superhero that's a different race, agenda, or sexual orientation, or, you know, you know what I'm, th- you know what I'm talking about. Uh, every other superhero that's not a straight white man, they hammer in the fact that they're not a straight white man. You know, and like I said, praise Marvel for it. Praise Marvel for the diversity, but you ain't got to be so heavy-handed about it. You ain't got to be so heavy-handed about it. Like, that person's gender, that person's race, that person's uh, sexual orientation is not what defines them. Let them just be a superhero. You know, you know, just let them be a superhero. It's kind of the thing that kind of, uh, I'm kind of worried about with She-Hulk. You know, because, like, what are they going to be like? Oh, this is what it's like being a green lady? I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with She-Hulk. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with, with that. Uh, fucking Black Panther. Black Panther had that problem, too. You know, where it was just, like, uh, Africans versus American black people. You know, because Killmonger represented the American black people. And uh, T'Challa represented the African black people. So it was, like, Africans versus, it was pretty much Africans versus Americans. You know, and the Americans were the bad, and the American was the bad guy. You know, so, <laughs> and he's just talking about, which is something, it's just something that 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 is in our culture. You know, like talking about how Africans don't don't acknowledge Black Americans. Uh, black Americans, we're not part of the culture. We're not part of their culture. You know, like in like it's kind of like it's kind of like standoffish, even when like they immigrate here and their children are born here. And it's like, we're not the same, you know? And I guess that was something that, I guess that was something that that had to be touched on. You know, it was something that had to be touched on. But I want a whole goddamn movie about that. I want to see Black Panther do, I wanted to see Black Panther do some superhero shit. I really did. Maybe when I talk about Black Panther in depth even more, because uh, I think the uh, fifth anniversary is coming up next, next year? Next year. The fifth anniversary of Black Panther is coming up next year. I might do a whole review on it next year, talking about uh, the impact of Black Panther and how I felt about Black Panther and all that stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that then. But I, I really just wanted him to do some superhero shit. I really do. Like, all these superheroes, I just want them to do superhero stuff. I don't want them to be defined by what they are. Because Captain, like I said, Captain America ain't got to go through that shit. Uh, the, Steve Rogers ain't got to go through that shit. Thor ain't got to go through that shit. Tony Stark, they didn't do that shit with Tony Stark. You know, it wasn't. Oh, he has to he has to cope with being white. You know, like, you know, like, there was no, there was no, there was no storyline with Tony Stark coping with his whiteness or being guilty about his white privilege. You know, there was never a storyline in any of the Iron Man movies about that. You know, there was no there was no storyline about Steve Rogers being 
uh, guilty about his white privilege. You know, never. There was never any of that. But, um, yeah, man, I was just like, I just, I just hope going forward in this show, we don't just focus on this girl being a Muslim American girl. You know, we see that. We see she's a Muslim American girl. We like, we got a little insight into her life. Now let her do some superhero shit. You know, let her do some superhero shit. You know, that's, that's all I want. That's all I want. Hopefully episode three is better and because of because of how it ended like it looks like she might be a fugitive now (laughs) you know (laughs) it looks like how it ended it looks like she might be a fugitive from the law now so hopefully we get more 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 superhero shit now that she's away from her family um there's also this guy that shows up named cameron you know like he's another uh uh muslim american uh kid uh i think he might be an alien i don't know <laughs> you know <laughs> the way that the way the way it ended i don't know he might be a scroll you know i'm thinking he might be a scroll because like he acts really weird he doesn't act human you know but we shall we shall see what happens there i will be looking forward to episode three um now Let's talk about uh, episode five of Obi Wan, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, we finally, we finally got out of. Uh, we, we we got Princess Leia. We're not we're not rescuing her no more. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of people got. I know a lot of people got uh, irritated with that. I I talked about how I felt about episode four. I actually liked it. I liked how uh, just nonsensical it was. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes I just like nonsensical shit. You know, sometimes I just don't want to fucking think. All right. But yeah, man, we're back. We're back at um the 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 uh the rebels headquarters. I guess they're the rebels. I've never really I never really looked into that. But we're back there. We got um Obi-Wan with the with the with the rebels. Camille and Johnny shows up again for some reason in this episode. <laughs> talking about oh wow there's a lot of good there's a lot of good customers here but like i think all all the all the people that are in the rebel camp they're like poor like you're gonna take poor people's money really like you sick piece of shit you know (laughs) it's just like commander johnny is so out of place in this whole series because it's just Camille Nanjani being Camille Nanjani. Just like him in uh, Eternals. It was just Camille Nanjani above Camille Nanjani being a superhero. You know, like, that's all it was. It wasn't, like, he, he, there was nothing different about him except, like, he got muscles. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Uh, like he, that's, the, that's the only thing. I guess he's going to be in Eternals, too. Uh, cause the way Eternals 1 ended is gonna be in Eternals 2. So, um, and it looks like he might be in danger in Eternals 2. So, uh, guessing he's gonna be in Eternals 2. But, yeah, man, he's just really out of place. He's really out of place in here. Everybody else, everybody else is good. Especially, um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. I gotta shout him out, man. He's the, he was the best part of this damn episode. He was really good. 
uh, Ice Cube's uh, son, o- O'Shea Jackson Jr. Very, 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 very good in this episode. He was in the last episode. He didn't do much. He was okay in the last episode, but in this one, he fucking shines, I think. He shines a lot in this episode. Uh, he he does he does all his lines right. He he, he he's a really good fucking actor. He actually is. He's a really good, everything I everything I've ever seen him in. He's the person that stands out. Um, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Ingrid Goes West. He did that movie Ingrid Goes West with uh Aubrey Plaza. Like he's pretty. He's like her landlord slash boyfriend. Uh, like he did that movie. Like he did that movie. Uh, he's he's. The standout in that movie, uh, he did Godzilla King of Monsters. He's a standout in that. You know, he was a standout in Straight Outta Compton playing his dad. You know, just everything he's in, everything he's in, he stands out. Uh, he like, and he still he stood out in this episode. He's a way, he's a way better, <laughs> way better uh, actor than his father. Which like, I don't ever think, I don't even think his dad took acting seriously in the first place. It was just a, it was just a thing to get out of uh, hip hop, you know. But she, he still does do albums. Like Ice Cube still raps. Like he does albums. He's still a, he's still a phenomenal rapper, you know. If you listen to him, uh, but uh, like he's still a phenomenal rapper. But like it's just like acting is a hobby to him, you know. Acting's a hobby to him. He's more of a businessman than he is an actor, you know. Like he use, like he use, it's like he used acting. To go into business. Now he's got like, cause like he's got like a studio, you know, he's got Cube Vision. And like he's, he does all these movies. He produces all these movies. He produces all these TV shows. It was kind of, it was just an outlet. Like a lot of rappers, you know, like they use it like an out, a outlet to get out of what the, what the fuck they doing. To get out of hip hop. Cause hip hop can be dangerous after a while. You don't want to be like fucking 40 years old still doing hip hop and still, and, and still in the dangerous sections of hip-hop you don't want to be doing that shit so i understand i understand you know but his son is taking it seriously and i i i I commend him for that like he's actually doing a great job as an actor um but yeah uh anyway we get it we get a couple flashbacks in this episode uh like darth vader i think it's like vader having flashbacks uh about Anakin, I love how they uh, bring Anakin Skywalker and Hayden Christensen back as Hayden, uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker. This is like a, this is the first time we see him as Anakin in this show, uh, and it's just, it's just you can tell that he's aged because <laughs> like that's the first thing you see is like Anakin and like it's like Anakin and Obi Wan sparring with the lightsabers. And like I was looking at I was looking at Hayden Christensen's face. And I was like, yeah, man, you aged. You know, cause he's got like wrinkles in his face. Uh I think because I think he did the first movie when he was like 19. I wanna say I think the first movie came out in like 2002 or something like that. I think he was like even he was like 19 or 20 when he first when he did the first movie, and now he's like 40. So that's like that's 20 years. That's 20 years. Uh, and he did the last movie in 2006 or 2005 or 2006, I believe. But, um, yeah, yeah, like you can tell, you can tell he's aged, you know, 
and it's it's just them. It was just them um, sparring, like the the whole the, the like like Vader just kept kept having these flashbacks. Just kept having these flashbacks about uh, sparring with uh, with Obi Wan. It was kind of like he was building. He was like continuing to build resentment for Obi Wan. Cause like Obi Wan was just telling him and just just telling him, hey, you gotta you gotta slow down, you know, you gotta slow down, you know, like you always you always so impulsive, you always jumping into shit and all this stuff. And he was like, you ain't got you ain't got no focus, you ain't got no balance and all this stuff. And it's kind of like you can see, even though you can't see Vader behind the mask, you can see his uh his his body language, you know. And whoever's who who's I think it's still Hayden behind the behind the mask, but like the body language is important to me. Uh, Darth Vader had has the best body language in this whole series. Like everything, you can feel him. You can feel him through the mask. You can feel him through the costume. You could you could feel what he's going through. You can feel his anger. You can feel you can still feel his rage. You can still feel his pain, even though you can't see his face. You know, and that that's amazing. And I gotta I gotta commend Hayden Christensen for that. You know, for body language acting. That's that's amazing. That's incredible. Uh, we also get more in depth into the story of uh, Rava. We find out that she was a youngling uh, when uh, when Anakin uh, went into the uh, went into the Jedi Council and just started just murking everybody just started stabbing everybody you know and like he killed like when he killed all the younglings and shit uh and we find out like yeah reva was one reva was one of the younglings and like she joined the uh the sith to get back at vader to get revenge on vader and oh my god i'm not because i'm not gonna explain this whole episode to you i'm just the, the 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 lightsaber fight between her and Vader is fucking cold, man. Vader, Vader ain't Vader ain't nothing to fuck with. I'm gonna tell you that. Look, Darth Vader is that nigga. I'm just gonna say it. Darth Vader is that nigga. He he ain't nothing to fuck with because as soon as she raised her lightsaber to Vader. I was like, she dead. You know? <laughs> I was like, she's fucking dead. Because we already know what happens to Darth Vader. This is a prequel. This is a fucking prequel show. So we know that Darth Vader doesn't die here. You know? <laughs> which is kind of like the which is the kind of the, 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 the hard part about prequels, because you know what happens to these people. So like anytime they're in danger or anything, you like, you know, you already know like they ain't gonna die because you see them in future things, you know. So <laughs> you see them in future things, so you know they don't fucking die. We know that Darth Vader doesn't die here. So I don't know how they're gonna end this show, but because like we we know that Darth Vader doesn't die until Return of the Jedi. So uh we gotta so you gotta wait a while for that. Um or not, you could just go watch it Return of the Jedi. <laughs> like it came out like that movie came out like almost 40 years ago so, so you can go watch that but yeah as soon as Reva uh raised her fucking lightsaber to Darth Vader I was like she's fucking dead bro <laughs> she's done she ain't she ain't um she ain't gonna live through this and once you and once you raise your 
Once you raise your goddamn lightsaber to Vader, once you uh, get in Vader's face, you better finish the goddamn job. Don't be playing with him. You know, you got to finish the goddamn job. You ever been, like, you ever been in a, in a, in a situation where you got to fight? You know, where, like, you threw the, like, you mad at this person, and, but this person's a bit stronger than you, and you throw the first punch, and now it's, it's on, and you like, damn, I ain't got no choice but to fight this motherfucker. I know I'm going to lose, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's that's that was Raven Invader. That was the Raven Invader. That was the Raven Invader fight. It was just like she raised her. She raised her goddamn lightsaber to Vader, and it was just like it's on. And she was like, "Damn, now I gotta fight this nigga." It's there's no way around it. There's no if ands or buts about it. I gotta fight this nigga. I know I'm gonna lose. I'm probably gonna die, but. I can't go out like no bitch, you know, like, you know, you can't go out like no bitch, you know, you, that's, 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 that's just what it is, whenever you get into a fight with a dude, with a person that's stronger than you, and you just like, damn, I gotta fight this person, he's like, I'm probably gonna get hurt, or this person's probably gonna kill me, but I can't go out like no bitch, you know, like, I got to fight to the end, you know, so, you know, you got to, you got to go out, you, you, you got to go out swinging, you know, and that's what Raven did. Raven, Raven went out swinging. You know, so that's that's pretty much what it is. I don't know. She got stabbed. Like, Vader stabbed her ass. But I don't know if she's dead or not. Is the thing. I don't know if she's dead. Uh, they, they focus on Luke. They, uh, I think she's probably going to see Luke Skywalker or some shit. I don't know what's going on at the end. Because they show Luke Skywalker at the end. Uh, baby Luke Skywalker, not baby Luke, but kid Luke. Um, they show him at the end, and I don't. We're gonna see how that goes. But episode six is the final episode, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see how this goes. We're gonna see if Rava survives or dies. We don't know. I don't know what happened to her, but it was a pretty good episode. I liked it. I liked it. It's like up there with uh, episode 3 for me you know if I had to uh, rank them so far I'm probably gonna rank them all after episode 6 but so far I probably have to say 3 5 4 then 1 then 2 in that order 3 5 4 1 then 2 that would be the episode that would be my ranking of the episodes but yeah that's how I felt about that. That's how I felt about uh, episode five. Um, I'll be I'll be back with the review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three right after these messages. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 from 1993. Let's uh, talk about the technical first. Uh, This movie was written and directed by Stuart Gilliard, which was probably the biggest mistake. (laughs) But uh, If you want to know what else Stuart Gilliard did, he did the 1997 movie Rocket Man. Yeah, he did. If, you, if you've never heard of Rocket Man, go watch Rocket Man. And I'm not talking about the one about Elton John. 
you know what? <laughs> I'm talking about the 1997 movie Rocket Man starring Harlan Williams. The comedian Harlan Williams. It's probably one of the worst fucking movies you ever want to see. That is the guy that wrote and directed Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Just to give you an insight about what you're in for. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, the movie had a budget of $21 million and brought in $54.4 million at the box office. It was a moderate success, but it still made less than Secret of the Ooze. I believe Secret of the Ooze made like $78.2 million, uh, I believe, at the box office. So, it's, it, 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 it made its money back, but it wasn't as successful as uh, Secret of the Ooze. Uh, the movie has a 22% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Just, that, 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 that's pretty bad. I probably would have gave it lower. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm letting the show, I'm letting my feelings show about this goddamn movie. But um, other things to, to note about this, there were plans to do a fourth movie uh, called The Foot Walks Again. And also uh, Peter Laird, one of the uh, co-creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, had a concept for a fourth, fi- fourth film himself, which he called uh, The Next Mutation. You know, but both ideas were scrapped. And right after that, by like 1997, like the original cartoon and the toy line were uh, discontinued. You know, the Ninja Turtles uh, kind of fell out of, out, of, out of popularity by that time. Uh, ten years, I think, it lasted. Because uh, I, th- I believe the, the, the original series and the action figures... Re- no, the action figures came out in 88, actually, because I remember. I actually got uh, Michelangelo for my, for my fourth birthday. I remember uh, Michelangelo was my, my first Ninja Turtle toy. Uh, so like I got him for my fourth birthday because because uh, uh, the way I uh, discovered the Ninja Turtles because the way I discovered the Ninja Turtles I was watching it at my grandma's house my grandmother used to babysit me when my parents were at work and uh, I saw the Ninja Turtles like it came on like one random afternoon one random afternoon I watched an episode of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this had to be like 80 I want to say it was like 1989. Yeah, so like the show had been on. The show had been on for about like two years at that time. So, and I was like three, four years old. And, uh, no, I had to be three. I think I was three when I first saw the Ninja Turtles. And so, I saw them. I saw it like randomly. And I was like, yo, man, this is the coolest shit ever. Like, it's turtles that do karate. (laughs) And it and like it, it got me into karate so like i was a huge huge ninja turtle fan growing up uh and I, I saw the i saw the first movie uh my aunt actually took me to go see the first two movies you know and i love those movies uh my parents took me to see this one my parents took me to see this in the movie theater that's how i saw this one as a kid uh but around this point around this point i was kind of growing out of the ninja turtles you know, a lot of kids were at that point. Actually, by like by like '93, the Ninja Turtles were kind of played out. You know, like '93 is also the same year that the Power Rangers debuted, and they were 
kind of the next big thing. They were the next big uh, phenomenon when it came to kids. And it's kind of funny because there are also teenagers that did karate. So, uh, you know, so, <laughs> so we kind of keeping, we kind of keeping in that, in that, in that same ilk, you know, of superheroes. We're like, we like, we went from mutant turtles that were teenagers that did karate to human, uh, hey, human alien hybrid teenagers that do karate and spandex costumes but uh, you know like so we're kind of keeping that same kind of keeping the same theme here but uh but yeah like power rangers were popular started to be a popular thing and the ninja turtles were starting to get played out i'll tell you how played out the ninja turtles were at the, at the time and this is gonna this is embarrassing this is fucking embarrassing for me um i want to say like I went to school the following school year. I was in third grade. I want to say I was in third grade. I went to school that following year in a Ninja Turtles sweater. It's like a Ninja Turtles uh, Christmas sweater. It was green. Like my, I think my, my mom bought it for me. My mom bought me a Ninja Turtles Christmas sweater because I guess she thought I still liked the Ninja Turtles. You know? <laughs> You know, so she was like, she bought me a Ninja Turtle sweater. It had like, it was a Christmas sweater. It was green. It had like turtle shells on it. I think it had like the belt around it. And it had, it said Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the top. And it had Raphael on, on the side. He was like doing like, he was like in like a, a in like a, a jumping pose with the size. He had the size in his hand and he was in a jumping pose. And... It was it was the it was the most embarrassing shit because like I went to school in that sweater and kids started making fun of me. <laughs> you know? They started roasting the fuck out of me in that goddamn sweater. <laughs> They're like, ugh man, you wearing a ninja turtle sweater? Look at you with that green ass sweater on. Look at you, you know the ninja turtles played out, right? We don't like the ninja turtles no more. Look at it, he still like the ninja turtles, y'all. He a baby. They started calling me a baby and all types of shit. It was it was the worst shit ever. And my my and it was cold. It was cold because you know school started at the time. I think like it started around September, and like that's when it would start getting cold. And my mom would make me wear that sweater. <laughs> my mom would make me wear that Ninja Turtle sweater. Because she was like, she was like, hey, it's cold out there. Cause I would try to go outside with nothing on. <laughs> I would try to wear my jacket, but it was too cold for just the jacket. And she was like, you need to put your sweater on, sweetie. I think that was like the only sweater I had at the time. Uh and she was like, you need to put your sweater on, sweetie. And I was like, I don't want to wear that sweater. And, and I was like, I think I told her, I was like, kids are making fun of me for wearing that sweater. And she was like, well, forget, she was like, well, forget them, man. She was like, like pretty much forget them, you know, then, you know, you'll get over it. And I had to put the goddamn sweater on and get roasted all goddamn winter, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I couldn't wait for the, I couldn't wait for spring to come and take that goddamn sweater off, you know? <laughs> Could wait for spring. I was like, yeah, it's spring. I don't want to wear this fucking sweater anymore. Um, yeah, I even took a, I even took a Christmas picture in that sweater. There's a Christmas picture of me in that goddamn sweater. 
I'm sure my dad has. My dad has all my all my photos as a kid. Uh, like he he took him in the divorce. Uh, you know, so like <laughs> he was pretty much like, you ain't gonna have let me have none. Let me have pictures of my kids. God damn it, you know. So like, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so that's pretty much what he took. He took the pictures of his kids. You know, so he has pictures of all of us. And uh, you know, so <laughs> but like he, I'm pretty sure he has that picture of me in the goddamn Ninja Turtle sweater. <laughs> You know, I'm sitting on Santa Claus's left lap. I'm like eight years old. I'm like eight years old. I just turned eight, and because my because my birthday because my birthday is pretty late. My birthday's in December, and uh, I'm sitting in Santa Claus's lap with that goddamn sweater on. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So fucking embarrassing. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll put that shit up on like my social media. Maybe put it up on 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 the fan page, uh, so you guys can see me in the Ninja Turtles. Way. I gotta call my dad. I gotta call my dad to see if he could like maybe send me the photo and I could take a picture of it, or he could send a picture of it and I could just put it up online. You know, so <laughs> it's the most. It's the funniest shit now. It's funny now for me as an adult, but I went through hell that whole that half of that school year. That pretty much that whole school year because of that goddamn Ninja Turtle sweater. Fucking hated that sweater. It was embarrassing as fuck. Uh, but anyway, I remember seeing this movie and thinking it was just okay. Uh, let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about the movie. Like the movie starts off in japan in 1603 because you know it's a, it's a time travel movie it's best to show uh what time period the turtles are going going to you know it's, it's, it's good to show that uh the first thing i wanted to point out <laughs> and i'm laughing the first thing i wanted to point out when we see the turtles for the first time the costumes look fucking terrible oh my god they look terrible like they don't even they don't even look like turtles in this movie. Like, they look like frogs. They look like, uh, you know those frogs that they used to hang out with on the cartoon? What do they call it? Like, the punk frogs? You're, anybody remember those? If you're a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, fanatic? Uh, if you remember the, the punk frogs? Uh, I still remember all their names, too, because I had a couple of, I had two of the action figures. I had, uh, Genghis Frog and, uh, Napoleon Bonafrog. And, like, there's like two other frogs, cause like four frogs, and like their names are like, cause like instead of them being named by like about famous artists, like cause like the turtles are named after famous artists, uh, but the frogs are named after famous dictators, cause you got Genghis, Napoleon, I think the other one's name is Attila, and uh, forgot the last one, goddamn it, uh, cause you got this is Genghis, Napoleon, Attila. Uh, goddamn it! What was the last one? Rasputin, Rasputin. It was Genghis, Napoleon, Attila, and Rasputin. Yeah, like all the the frogs were named after famous dictators. So uh, that was that that was the name of the punk the punk frogs. I'm surprised they didn't have one named Hitler. You know, <laughs> I guess that would be too on the nose right you know, you'd have a fucking superhero a, a, a hero frog named hitler that that would be funny but um 
Holocaust was bad. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it, that's what they look like. They look like the frogs that were on the Ninja Turtles that, you, that the Ninja Turtles used to hang out with on the cartoon. Uh, but Splinter, let's talk about Master Splinter. God damn, Splinter looks even worse. Like, he looks more like a dog than a rat. Uh, and like, he doesn't even move. He doesn't even move. I think, uh, I think I read somewhere when I was doing my research, I think it was like Jim Henson Productions. Uh, they didn't, they didn't want to work on this movie. Or they, I don't think they had that time. Cause like, I think this was the same year uh, Muppet Treasure Island came out. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island, I think, came out in, like, 1993, so they fucking busy, really. <laughs> they were busy working on Muppet Treasure Island. They, they couldn't do the, the the effects and the costumes for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, because, you know, Jim Henson did, uh, Jim, or Jim Henson's group after he passed uh, in uh, 90, when well, he passed in, like, 91? Uh, after he passed in, like, 1991, uh, it was uh, Jim Henson's group that uh, did the ninja, did the first two Ninja Turtles movies. They did all the animatronics and the puppeteering and the costumes. They did all of that. But the third movie, you could tell that this wasn't Jim Henson because Jim Henson's uh, group, Jim Henson group, they wouldn't, they would not let this fucking happen. <laughs> they wouldn't let this shit fucking happen. Having them look like this, like the fucking mouths are off every time they fucking talk. Uh, look like the mouths malfunction in the middle of the movie. Every time they talking, it look like like the, like the move that like the the mouth is moving, but like nobody's talking. Like like they're like in constant movement. The mouths are in constant movement. Uh, but like Splinter, like I was like Master Splinter, he looks the worst. He looks like a dog here. He doesn't even look like a rat. He doesn't even move. They uh, cause like in the first two movies he moved. You know, like he was a fully formed giant rat you know in the first two movies because like he even like because like he even he uses a bow and arrow in the second movie like you you went from him using a bow and arrow in the second movie to uh to him sitting behind uh uh (laughs) he looked like one of those uh tell me your fortune uh booths that you see at uh like uh carnivals and shit (laughs) <laughs> That's what the fuck Master Splinter looked like in this movie. It's like he's gonna tell you. He's like he's gonna tell you your future. Like Big, remember Big? He looked like uh, Zoltar. Remember, that was the name of the thing that uh, Tom Hanks's character, the little kid, went to when like he was like, "I wish I was Big." He looked like Zoltar. That's what uh, fucking Master Splinter looked like. It was. It's so fucking lame. It's so fucking lame. Uh. We don't have Kevin Clash, of course, because he's part of he was part of Jim Henson. You know, like so like he's not the puppeteer. He's not the puppeteer for uh Splinter, and he's not doing the voice of Splinter this time around. Uh speaking of lame, like the villain is lame too, man. Like they're fighting some just regular white dude named Walker, you know. <laughs> Who just like like he walks around like a fucking gay musketeer or some shit, you know, like like that's the thing, like that's his thing, and like the turtles call him Clint Eastwood. I don't know what the fuck that was about, but uh, he's supposed to be like some fucking colonizer motherfucker or something like that. Uh, but the plot of the movie is that April finds this scepter uh, that sends her uh, back in time 
and but like it also sends a uh, Japanese prince back in her place because like that's the that's the uh, rule of the scepter. Like if uh, it sends you back in time, it sends somebody from the past to the future. Is what happens. Uh, so that's a uh, so that you got that. So the turtles have to go back in time to save April. Like that's pretty much the whole plot of the movie. Uh, is like April goes back in time. The turtles have to go and uh, save April back in time. Uh, Casey Jones is back, and they don't do shit with him. And it's so disappointing because he wasn't in the second movie. And I wish he was. I don't know what the, uh, I think the whole thing was. I think, because like, I think it's the same reason that Judith, Judith Hoag, uh, who played the original April O'Neil, because uh, Paige Turco is back as April in this one. Uh, uh, the re- I think it's the same reason that uh, Ju- Judith uh, Hoag didn't show up for the uh, second movie, I think she wanted more money, and I think Elias Cateas, who plays Casey Jones, he wanted more money for the sequel too. So instead of just giving them more money, they replaced Judith with Paige Turco, and they just flat out fired Elias. You know, so <laughs> so that's that's pretty much why Elias is not in the movie. You know, because he asked, I think he, he asked for more money and they were just like, fuck that. And he was like, well, I uh, guess I'm not coming back then. You know, so, <laughs> but I don't know what made him come back for this one. He must have needed the money, you know, <laughs> because he does even less in this goddamn movie. It like, And it's so disappointing because Casey Jones is like one of my favorite characters. You know, he's one of my favorite characters. He's one of my favorite characters in the first movie. He, the introduction of Casey Jones in the first movie is so fucking fire. I love it. We just beating up these two random purse, purse snatching dudes, you know, <laughs> in, 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 in the park. That shit is dope. And then like, he has like one of the dope fucking lines where he said like, he like, he was like, the lesson's pain one-on-one and your instructor's Casey Jones. This shit's so fire. I love that. He don't do nothing cool in this movie. <laughs> It's a shame that he's so fucking wasted here in this goddamn movie. But like, also, he's playing two characters in this movie. He's playing a dual role because like he's got like a doppelganger in the past. I don't know if this guy, they never explained this dude. Uh, I don't know if he's like supposed to be like Casey Jones's ancestor or what the fuck. You know, I don't know what's going on with this dude uh, because like they don't explain him. He's in the background for most of the time. Uh, like he never really pledged his allegiance to the Turtles or April. Uh, he never really pledged his allegiance to them. And then, like towards the end, he's like a traitor or some shit. And then he's not a traitor anymore. And I don't get it. And because like he 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 develops a relationship with the Ninja Turtles, but we don't see how he develops that relationship with the Ninja Turtles because like he gets a change he gets kind of a change of heart and he's like because like uh Walker I, I'm skipping I'm skipping it don't really matter this movie's fucking terrible uh I was gonna be off the bat but um uh because like towards the end like Walker's like shoot them motherfuckers pretty much right you know <laughs> and uh the the Casey Jones from the past doppelganger guy is like which I forgot his name 
and he's like, hey, we don't have to kill him or nothing. And then, like, Walker's like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. And you can go over there with him. I'm going to shoot your ass, too. And he's just, you know, like, <laughs> and, <he laughs> and I was like, why is he sticking his neck out? For the Ninja Turtles, he doesn't. He didn't even have really a fucking relationship with them. He didn't talk to them. He wasn't like Casey, but like Casey, like developed a relationship with the turtles. He talked to them, you know. He got to be friends with them, you know. Like he he wasn't like that. Like what stake does he have in this game? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But anyway, um, also. The turtles like really do uh, take on their uh, cartoon personalities more in this movie. Uh, like you get more, you get more Donatello being a tech head, like a gearhead. You get more of uh, sarcastic Raphael instead of like angry, violent Raphael. You get m- more goofy Michelangelo. I'll get to Michelangelo in a little bit, uh, and then you get you know pretty much. Uh, heroic noble leader Leonardo you know which he's always been that throughout the whole movie because like the the two that have always stayed the same are Leonardo and Michelangelo throughout they've changed Donatello from the first movie from the first movie from the first two movies they've changed Donatello or Raphael you know because in the cartoon like I said in the cartoon like Donatello's really into tech and science and like Raphael, uh, he can be violent at times in the cartoon, but he's more sarcastic. You know, he was more sarcastic in the cartoon than violent. You know, he's really violent in the comics. They got that from the comics. And like in the uh, Donatello was more of the sarcastic turtle. He's more of a smart ass than a smart guy, you know, in the, in the comics. But they switched that up. They switched that up. They made him a smart. They made him a smart character in the in the cartoon, and they made uh, Raphael more sarcastic. So they, they they keep switching those up. But Leonardo and Michelangelo have always been the same. It's like Leonardo's always been like the noble leader, you know, like that that stands up for what's right. He's like more of the, he's more into nin, he's more into being a ninja than the rest of the turtles. Uh, and Michelangelo's always been real goofy. You know, like real goofy, real uh, child at heart type of character. You know, but other than that, other than that, like, like that's pretty much what they are. They're pretty much the cartoon personalities. I don't know. I guess that was to, like to get more kids in the theater, but obviously that didn't work. Uh, you know, <laughs> another good thing about this movie is like they actually let the turtles use their weapons in this movie. So that was that was a step up. You know, because, like, in the second movie, they don't let them use their weapons. And it was because, I think, like, some moms complained. There's some shit. Some moms complained about the Ninja Turtles using their weapons in the, uh, in the first movie. They complained about the first movie being too violent. So, they kind of toned it down for the second movie. They really toned it down for this one. Uh, but they really toned it down. They, and that's the thing about this movie. That's the thing about this movie. This movie's less violent than the first movie and the second movie, but they still let them use their weapons. You know, they still let them use their weapons, which is the weird thing, you know, and the parents didn't complain about this. You know, but 
I guess it's a step up because like they they, they let the turtles use their weapons. But um, speaking of Michael, I'm talking about Michelangelo. Michelangelo is like knocked out for like 20 minutes of this movie. Like we don't see him. Like he gets a sep- when they go back in time, he gets separated from the other turtles and he gets knocked out uh, by some villagers. And then they take him and I guess they like they like nurse him back to health or some shit. Uh, it's the less le- it's the less cool version of what happens to Raphael in the first movie. <laughs> you know? But the difference is like Michelangelo's more popular than Raphael. So it's like, let's take the most popular turtle and knock him out for a good amount of the movie. Like that that's smart, I guess. You know, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking about there. Uh, also, uh, Leonardo knows CPR for some reason, you know, I don't, cause like, um, uh, when they finally find Michelangelo, he's in this village and like, just like, uh, this, 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 this cabin gets set on fire and this cabin gets set on fire and there's a kid inside and Michelangelo goes in and saves the kid. Like, he goes into the burning building and saves the kid, but the kid's not breathing. And so, Leonardo does CPR on him. <laughs> and I was like, what? Leonardo, like, Leonardo knows CPR. I was like, I guess he read some medical books in the sewer or something. I don't fucking know. I guess that's what happened. And then, like, the kid's got turtle breath. You know, like, now. You know, I don't think I want a turtle giving me CPR. You know, he's been in the sewer and shit. You know, like, Brett's probably smells like shit. You know, so, like, that kid's got, like, shit in his lungs and shit. <laughs> like, it's sewage in his lungs. But anyway, um, let's talk about the Ninja Turtles. Let's, let's, let's just talk about the Ninja Turtles in general. It's like, the Ninja Turtles in this movie are more failed vaudevillian comedians than deadly ninjas in this movie. It's like... Even in the, even in the second movie, they weren't this annoying. Yeah, and this is why this is why I'll always defend the second movie because at least in the second movie, the turtles still had a little bit of the grit from the first movie. Here, they're watered down. They are so watered down. Like I said, like they don't they don't really fight that much in this movie. Uh, even though they still, like I said, they still get to use their weapons. They don't fight as much in this movie. It's most of them, it's most of them cracking dumbass jokes. Telling, like, calling people, calling dudes fat. Uh, giving dudes wet willies. Uh, talking about, oh, wow, it's, it's Wayne Newton. Look, guys, it's Don King or some shit like that, you know? And it's the dumbest, it's the dumbest shit, man. But they also, uh, force... A love story between Michelangelo and the princess of the village out of nowhere. You know, because, like, she didn't even spend no time with him that much. Because, like, we don't see Michelangelo for, like, I said, 20 fucking minutes. We don't see him for a good 20 fucking minutes of this goddamn movie. So, I don't know how he developed a relationship or or or, or, or a, a crush on the princess. I don't know how he developed a crush on this girl. Because we don't see them, we don't really see them interact with each other. You know, like, she's there, but she ain't interacting with him. Uh, it's also, it's also weird because he's a turtle and she's a human. You know, so like, he gonna, he gonna, he gonna, he gonna, he, he wanted to put that turtle dick in her and 
turtles have really huge penises. <laughs> fun fact. That's a fun fact. Not a fun fact, but it's a fact that turtles have really long dongs. They got really big penises. Um, they're they're hanging. Uh, so she probably would have died if Michelangelo stuck his thing inside of her. I hate to get graphic, but that's would have been that would have been the thing. Uh, also, uh, Raphael Raphael builds a bond with the kid that was in the fire. And I guess that was like to soften him up. I guess that was to soften Raphael up because he is the most violent turtle. You know, like he's the most violent turtle. Like, like I said in here, they make him a little bit more sarcastic. Uh, but I guess like that was to give him a softer side, you know, to to uh, to stop him from being violent. You know, cause cause even at the beginning of the movie, he's complaining about he complaining about shit. You know, like, man, we over here, we always saving people and stuff like that. And they don't even know we exist up there and all this shit, you know. But, yeah, I guess that was the thing to, like, soften him up, give him a, give him a bond with a little kid. Uh, and it also made him realize that he has a temper, you know, and he's, like, super violent. Because, like, he's talking to the kid because he's talking to this kid and his kid has a temper. And he's super violent. And he's just like, hey, you got to calm down with that or something like that. So, uh... I guess that was a, a, I guess that was growth for Raphael, for him to stop being so, uh, so, uh, violent and stop having a temper. But anyway, uh, if you notice something, I'm not talking about the villain very much. And that's because Walker is a lame ass villain. He's lame as fuck. Like all he really does. He doesn't really do anything except be smarmy and be a smart ass and talk about guns. Cause like that's his whole thing. You think he's like he's supposed to be like a gun dealer or something like that, gunpowder dealer or something like that. Cause like he's he's uh dealing to the to the Japanese Empire or something. We don't we don't know what the what the what the what the empire is called the dealing to this guy named Lord Naga Nagamura or something like that or Lord Naganaga or something like that his name is uh he's dealing to him like dealing guns to him so he could go take over some take over the village or something like that but all I gotta say is like this guy really makes me miss the shredder <laughs> you know <laughs> he really makes me miss the shredder like I really wish instead of doing like the time drap the time travel uh gimmick uh, that they actually, uh, went to, like, modern-day Japan. I wish they would've did a storyline where the Turtles actually went to modern-day Japan and, like, discover, like, the origins of the Foot Clan. I've always had that idea about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 after seeing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 (laughs) and after getting more into, like, the comic books, you know, and, like, the lore of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before the cartoon... Uh, like, I wish they would have dived dive more into the origins of the Foot Clan, cause then we could have had uh, Shredder's daughter, Karai, as the villain, and like she would have been a much better villain than what we actually got, and like the movie still could have been a rescue mission, you know, and like, but like the rescue mission would have more stakes because it would have been about. Uh, Karai getting revenge for the death of her father because they killed the Shredder. They killed the Shredder in the second movie. 
you know so like the third movie could have been like Karai taking the mantle of the head of the Foot Clan and she's like we gotta we gotta go out here and uh avenge my father's death so like that would have been that would have been better and we still could have cast instead of casting Vivian Wu as the princess Vivian Wu could have been Karai you know she could have been Karai and like that could have been her thing. She has, she's very, she's very like stoic. She's stoic in this movie. Like she could have been, she could have been a way better villain than what we got, man. Way better villain than what we got. Vivian Wu as Karai would have been much better than what they did with her. That would have been a much, I think that would have been a much better story, much better movie than what we got. Cause this movie is fucking horrible. Like the plot is weak. Like, it's also a plot that they took from a pretty good Ninja Turtles video game and they watered down. You know, so that's that. Because Turtles in Time is a classic. Turtles in Time is a classic uh, video game. It's like one of the greatest video games of all time to me. So to, 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 to take Turtles in Time and do this with it is just fucking blasphemy to me. Um, None of the jokes are funny. It's like... All the jokes are just lame. They, they, they're, they're trying too hard to be funny. Is what happened. They're trying too hard to be funny. Uh, and for a Ninja Turtles movie, it's kind of boring. Like, there's a, there's nothing that happens that has stakes in this movie. Nothing that happens that has stakes in this movie. Like, the only good thing about this movie is they let the turtles use their weapons and there's like one good fight scene towards the end because I did enjoy the fight scene where uh, they go to uh, Lord Naganaga or whatever the fuck his name is. I forgot the, I forgot his name. Uh, it's something Lord Nakanaga. Something I ain't even gonna try to say that name. When they go to his uh, palace, uh, when they go to his palace, and uh, they and they fight like his guards and shit like. That's the best fight in the whole goddamn movie because they really do kick ass in that movie. And that and they really do kick ass in that scene. That's the best fight scene. But other than that, this movie is a dud. I give it a one out of five. That's my that's my that's my score of it. Join me next week where I'm gonna be talking about and this one's gonna be a treat too. I can't wait to talk about this one too. In a good way. Um next week, I'm going to be talking about. 2002's Spider-Man. Until next time, peace.